Welcome to Synthaholics. This is your host, David Duncan, and with me is... Brian, what up, Davey? Hey, Brian. We're on different sides. I gotta point this way, this point to you, instead of this way. It's weird. What are you... What? What are you talking about? I'm having... Uh, on my screen, you're on the opposite side. From oh, we're changing there. it up this we week. We switched sides, yeah. The software changed it up for you. Thank you, technical difficulties. What are those gonna stop? Um, so, you know, housekeeping items is... David's have a lot of problems with computers. <laughs> Yeah, every week there's an issue. Every, week every other week there's an issue, and oh, and, but we still manage to push through. I and whenever we have this background and not an actual background of the actual movie we're discussing, you know, I've had a technical difficulty that I wasn't I able to run. solve in time. <laughs> that's, that's an Easter egg, and that's only for people who see us live on Twitch or on YouTube. So, the listeners, I am sorry, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. It's okay. Unless you watch this We just filled them in. They know what's going on yeah, now. Yeah, it's, just it's... imagine that, like, normally our backgrounds are what we're talking about, and just, you know, David's is never. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's becoming less and less so. Uh, might need to build a new computer one day. Um, we've got some news. You know, I didn't completely blank on news before we started oh. today. So, like, it was like, Titus, you are the guiding light here, David. I'll let you take the reins for the well, news segment. Well, we've got we've got Dune two trailer dropped in between uh, the podcasts, which I know Brian is uh, extremely excited for. But why, why are you put, like ex- acting like like you don't want to see it either? What are you talking about? You're also very excited for yes, the I, Dune movie. Yes, I'm very I'm very excited for the for the Dune movie. It's probably I w- here. I'm going to go out on a hot take here. I'm going to say it's probably our most anticipated movie this year. You're not wrong. I I think exactly. But it, I think probably. it's I think it's what only anticipated movie of the year too. So like what? I don't know. You don't want to see Oppenheimer with Chris Nolan? Oh, never mind. Okay, yeah, that's that's a, I I forgot about Oppenheimer. Yes, I I do want to see that. So two anticipated yeah, movies of the year at least. Um, yeah, and so. the Transformers one. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're in Transformers, man. Optimus no. Prime, he's your guy. Uh, is he related to Amazon Prime? <laughs> yeah, they work together. They need to do a collab. <laughs> they work a collab. Yeah, <laughs> they need to do a collab where the shipper is Optimus Optimus Prime. <laughs> I have your Autobots roll out. We have got to deliver packages. <laughs> they switch all their all their cars to Autobots. <laughs> they just all the Autobots now instead of like the Autobot logo, it's the Amazon Prime logo. Oh my god! Make AI <laughs> and then the Decepticons like all have FedEx and UPS logos on them. Now. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're the we are the imposters. They're all bad. They're all bad. So, uh, I, you know, let's. There's there's a couple things we gotta we gotta cover here because we started talking about stuff before we even started talking about stuff. But but the do. What did you think of the Dune trailer though? We we, we well, that's I, where I was going back. I was okay. going back Come, to the Dune. Trailer. Coming back. Okay. Yeah, Dune trailer was cool. I liked. I thought it was a great trailer because it showed a lot, but it also didn't show anything. <laughs> it it showed an awful lot. We got a lot of Princess Irulan talking. I think if you don't count yep. her monologue from the beginning of the 1984 Dune, I think she's got more dialogue in this trailer than she did in the original movie. <laughs> um, yeah, we probably. also see a scene that wasn't filmed, and I don't think either movie it definitely wasn't the 1984 dune and i don't remember it being in the sci-fi version but i also blocked a lot of the sci-fi version out of my head it's uh fade ratha fighting in a pit on the harkonnen planet yes like that's a scene from the book and i was like oh that's cool 
And then they also go and they jump all the way to the end of the book and show this the, the a knife fight between Paul and Faderatha. That's like right at the end. That's too. right at so the end. I'm like, like, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get a part three for the first Dune book. If they do more Dune movies, I think they're gonna go to the second book. That's oh, my oh, guess. Oh, oh that's yeah, like the, right the third one's is definitely gonna. They might even start leading into Children of Dune in this because they're. I, well, we don't know if they're. I don't. We don't know if they're doing a third Dune movie. I think didn't even know once to. It just depends. He's doing on... something else after this, though. He's oh. not doing. He's he's already doing. I can't remember what it is, but he's doing. He's not doing another Dune movie right after this. Well, probably. Well, probably not because another Dune movie is dependent on how much this Dune movie does. So he's lined up work and he'll do something, and then if this Dune movie does really well, hopefully he'll come back and do like Children of Dune and whatever. Because yeah. how I'm, much do you know about Dune? The other Dune stuff because there's a lot of Dune. It's, I only know the first book. It gets crazy. They're like a like <laughs> Duke Leto the second becomes the God Emperor of Dune, becomes like half sandworm. Duncan Idaho comes back over and over and over again, which is why I thought it was a really cool idea to cast Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho, because he's a big actor and he's like basically the only character that's like pretty much in most of the Dune books. But he could be like yeah. your one. Well, he's thread. not going to be. He he shouldn't be in this one. No, I, don't think. I mean, it depends on how far think, in the Children yeah. of Dune they go. That's because true. he beca- he comes back as like some kind of clone. He, they keep cloning Duncan Idaho. It's pretty great. Um, Bring him back. So I mean, like he. Oh, that's a huge spoiler for people with, with like no warning. That's. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that potentially just ruined the future of Dune for somebody. Well, I mean. The books have been out for a hot second, so I mean, like <laughs> they have been out for like fifty, sixty years. <laughs> they've been out. They've been out for a while, and and Kevin J. Anderson and uh, Frank Herbert's son are continuing to do Dune. So I mean, like it's not like news or anything if you follow Dune or know about. Dune. We still haven't seen Christopher Walken though. No, yeah, that's, they still that's seen I, the Emperor. I, I can't wait or to the see. Navigator. They I haven't shown the Navigators either. They haven't shown those, but uh they should but you know if they if they are ending if they are ending at the end of the first book they did show a scene like right out of the end. Like for sure at the fight between Paul and Faderatha unless they do start continuing the story into Children of Dune a bit. Yeah. Which they might because Children of Dune is sort of a little bit more through Chani's eyes a little bit because like Paul gets less and less human <laughs> pretty quick. Do you think? Do you think <laughs> if they do? I wonder how many people watch the first Dune movie because people like uh, what's the actor's name that plays Paul? Timothy Ch- Timothy Charolette. <laughs> yeah, what his name? People people like him as like an actor and stuff. I wonder if people are going to continue because because uh, he's not. Paul is not really, you know, the the greatest guy. He kind of oh, like yeah. falls out of favor a little bit. Oh, he's he's, you know, it's it's a cautionary tale of like you know power corrupting and like it's it's like people yeah. think people think it's like a white savior movie. Like anyone who thinks Dune is about a white savior is like, <laughs> yeah, anybody who thinks like Paul is gonna like come save the day and everything, Paul becomes like a problem. <laughs> Paul is like the leader of genocide. <laughs> He's, he's not he's not like a good person and then like his following still convinced genocide in his name like years later like it's yeah it's <laughs> yeah he's definitely not a good guy but i remember seeing all these like like dune is the white savior problem and i'm like you do not understand at really, all. they only watch half the movie they only watch read half the book half the movie <laughs> they haven't read any of it because i mean even in the book like it's like frank herbert like I don't know why, like, I mean, like, I know we've mentioned spoilers and stuff like that, but Frank Herbert, like, 
he put spoilers in his book like super early, like at the very beginning of the book, like like a uh, like Leo uh, Leto Atreides is like, yeah, we get killed, and like he, he dies, like it's like self fulfilling prophecy almost, like you know what's going to happen like pretty early in the book. Well, like, there's, there's quite a few things that happen in the book that uh, that we just know about that he tells us. Like what there's there's one thing I can't think of. There's one thing that's like a pretty big deal that they haven't shown in the movie yet, but they like it's the like in the first deal, like, the big deal. It's like it's like b- before the halfway point. So the movie, yeah, it's like the 20 movie, pages into the books, the movie. No, it's not. It's like, it's like it's as soon as Paul and his mother get lost in the desert, he figures out that the Baron Harkonnen is his grandfather. Oh yeah, that's it. And like it's they, not a secret in the book. It's not like a secret. Oh, that in comes this up mo- in the movie. Well, it's a secret. It's a secret until uh, Leto dies, and then well, like I mean, it like, comes out. But that's like still, this like, movie is posing it as like it's that's going to be the big reveal. Well, I, I wish like I, I I said this when we talked about Dune originally. I wish that was the cliffhanger because like they could have left that as a really cool cliffhanger instead of like the weird fight in the se- it wasn't even in the siege like it was in the book. But whatever, like they had the fight as the ending part, and I'm like, oh man, that would have been great cliffhanger for like revealing, especially for people who don't know Dune, revealing yeah. that Baron Harkonnen is also Paul's grandfather. It's kind of like like the Luke I am your father moment. Like that would have been a good for you know for Dune to have yeah. that. But you know, I mean it it was ending was fine. It just wasn't like cliffhanger E. Do you like I don't think I've actually asked you this before. Do you like the book or do you like the movie better? I have an answer. Both have their merits. Like I, I, I wish there was more parts from the book. That made it into the movie, especially like since the, the drunk Idaho drunks drunk scene. The drunk scene was cool. Like uh, the the dinner, the the dinner where they thought there was gonna be an assassination attempt could have been cool. They cut out most of Shadow Mapes. I really wish they wouldn't have cut out Shadow Mapes because um, Stilgar knows her, and Stilgar talks about her later in the book. And like she was like in the movie for like a second. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little bit disappointing because she's kind of an important character. I mean, not like the most important, but more important than they gave her credit for in the Denis Villeneuve film. Sure. Uh, I'm, sure. But but the movie does a really good job of like explaining the world of Dune and like not, but, but also not like just dumping an hour of exposition on you. They kind of explain it slowly by adding new scenes. And I think that's how you adapt it for an a broader audience. I think they did a really good job. They added a lot of scenes. Well, you, ha- you have to. But they, but those scenes made the movie better. Um, Wheel of Time, they added scenes and it made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're still in this Wheel of Time thing, huh? Oh man, it's just, it's just, it's just, it, it burns anew with the writer strike. Speaking of the writer strike, man, I, the writer. I, I know Brian's not doesn't isn't big knowledgeable on it, but it just it just makes me. Upset. Well, we were talking a little bit about it before the podcast briefly because I didn't really understand what was going on. Because every it seems like my understanding is that say there's a hundred companies, a hundred these hundred companies each have their own writers, and each of these writers are part of this this writing like it's a it's a writers guild thing. Yeah. Now in my mind, it's like each company is going to pay a little bit differently. So are all writers on board with this? Because what if you're like a writer and you're making enough? Are you still going to protest? I don't know. Well, I don't you, know how this works. If you're part of the guild, it's your union responsibility to protest. Um, also, the Writers yeah. Guild, from what I understand, the Writers Guild dictates kind of like what people are paid, like the minimums and maximums and whatnot. And so, like, it's always like when you're dealing with unions, it's always like when they go on strike, it's for it's a negotiation tactic. We're not going to do work until you meet our demands for X, Y, and Z. 
Well, I would like to like if it's oh man, people this this would be a hot take for writers. But like for every I would like to look into each one of these companies and see what they work on and what they're responsible for. If there if there's like some company that's works for like, you know, the the Rings of Power show and they're like, We deserve more money, it's like, do you? But then if there's like people that work on like, you know, I'm sticking with Amazon, like Invincible. We've talked about Invincible. That that's good. They do deserve more money. So, like, where's like the? Is it like we all just get more money? Because for every yes. good piece of we, content, we, we there's guard, three bad ones. Regardless of quality, it's gonna give everyone a pay raise. And it's just like there's been so much terrible TV and movie. And I and I don't know 100 percent for sure if the Screenwriters Guild encompasses both television and film. I'm guessing it does. I'm not 100% sure on it. But We're it, going to kill it, it, the comments for this. It's see- <laughs> oh, yeah. All the, the whole one comment we get. <laughs> oh, he's going to kill us. Uh, hopefully. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, the, the writer's strike is annoying. People, I, I feel like it affects TV mostly uh, more directly because films are a lot longer burn as far as they're making and release. Like, the funny thing was is like the the first shows to be affected are all like late night shows like Jimmy Fallon and and Stephen Colbert and all these Nobody people. Like, what, does anybody watch that stuff I, anymore? I, I don't know. And like these guys are supposed to be comedians. Why aren't they doing their own writing? They need a team of writers to do their thirty. Yeah, no, they, they definitely would need a team. Of, it's one guy, and they have to make a a nightly program every single day on their own. I mean, they definitely need writers for skits, for interviewing, for you know their monologue. They definitely need writers. They can be comedians all they want, but like they're only one person. They yeah, have other stuff. But, but maybe don't point. make it. I mean, maybe if they're just them, like maybe, like maybe, maybe make it once a week. I don't know. But the, the whole show is shutting down because the writers can't aren't, aren't, aren't doing it. And, and like and like you said, who watches these? I I haven't watched. I don't, yeah. I don't, the last time I, don't, I, watched, I mean, every I guess you'll you'll catch a clip every once in a while on like YouTube, YouTube or something. But yeah. even I don't even I don't even watch them there. I like every once in a while I'll see it, but I'm like, oh okay, Chris Evans was on Jimmy Fallon. It's the like, last oh, okay, time cool, I watched Stephen Colbert, it was it was he was on the Colbert Report, not the Late Show, and this was like back when I had a cable box. <laughs> but that one was on Comedy Central, right? That was Comedy yeah, it's, Central. It's been a long time. Yeah, I think it was. Man, I don't. Even, I don't. I haven't had regular TV in a long time. Yeah, um, I pretty much I've streamed everything for the past like almost a decade. It feels like somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, I'm not crazy about the writer strike. People are going nuts uh, over it. Uh, some writers are like, I've heard of some people like terrorizing movie sets because they've got written scripts, so they can just shoot what's written. But some people are like terrorizing movie sets and like shutting down, like trying to interrupt stuff that's already written to be made, which is like super unprofessional, super not cool. Um. I think people should be paid fairly, but I feel like writers aren't paid as badly as they say they are, and they're writing just garbage. We don't know what they're getting. We don't know what they're getting paid. Well, okay. The thing is, the way TV worked back during the last writer strike is like even back during the last writer strike, ten, fifteen years ago, TV episodes were getting shorter and shorter, and they've continued to get fewer and fewer episodes a season since the previous writer strike. And people are complaining, like, remember the last writer strike? Remember Heroes Season 2? And Terminator Sarah Chronicles Season 2? And all these other shows that, like, bombed miserably like during the writer strike? And I'm like, well, what about Rings of Power? What about Wheel of Time? What about Star Trek Discovery what, Seasons 1 through 4? What about the entire Phase 4? What about every single live-action Disney remake? None of these are happening during a writer strike, and these have been some of the worst movies <laughs> 
in TV yeah. shows. Do you think they're, they're like um, it's more than just the writers for that for that as well? It's also producers and directors and all that too. But uh, do you think they like when they're writing this stuff and filming this stuff and directing all that? Do you really think like these people are like this is going to be good? I feel like there's no way. I I I have no like, idea. Like if you know the content, like I feel like you know like you can read something and be like this isn't good. Like I don't need to film this to know it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it it blows my mind that like so this like it it feels like they're shooting rough drafts, like scribbles on a napkin. It doesn't feel like a, a fully formed thing, especially with Rings of Power and Wheel of Time and Star Trek and Star Wars and Marvel. It's just it's all been so bad lately, and people are yelling at me like that's my opinion. I'm like, no, this is like pretty much fundamental fact. Have you looked at reviews like across the board? Like none of these have been like super well received by the audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope that the whatever these people are demanding, I don't know what they are, but I, I hope they get what they they want, and hopefully they can make uh or help make good stuff. I mean, make it make, hopefully it out. Maybe they're just writing bad stuff because they're like we're not getting enough money or something. I don't know how much they're getting paid. I don't know anything. So I hope their demands are met because everybody, you know, I'm sure it's the big corporate executives. Well, part of their there. demands is to exclude AI writing, and I don't think that's going to happen. I. I I hope they get oh, that's, their demand is don't use AI. Oh yeah, they they're completely against AI. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm against AI too, but like it's I feel like it's an it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's an inevitable <laughs> thing at this point. Yeah, I, I think I'm thinking so too. Um, that's going to be a difficult one to navigate. I don't know, and like I think they want like a minimum of number of writers per project. But the problem that's is fine. the problem is right now is that streaming services blew up. And thus, the demand for writers blew up. But now all the streaming services are, like, jumping ship and, like, talking about withholding content or talking about, you know, putting some of their exclusive content on a different streaming service so they can try to make some of their money back. Like, streaming isn't – didn't blow up well because, I mean, when there's a – when there was just Netflix and Hulu – they were kind of the kings because I mean, like, there's not a whole lot. But when every single channel is its own streaming service, it just dilutes it, and there's less people yeah. wanting to go certain places. And then it's just it's 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 it seems like it's a failing strategy. And this failing strategy is like also hurting the writers because there was a swell where they needed more content and more writers. But now that the bubble has burst on all these streaming platforms, they're trying to figure out how to make money. They're cutting shows, which means now there's too many writers for too few shows. And well, I have the the two hopes I have is I hope the writers get what they want. And in return, I hope us, the consumers, get better stuff. And I hope the executives give get less money. My, my fear is that their demands are going to get met and then we're still going to get the same avalanche of crap we've been getting since 2016. <laughs> that I yeah, we don't that that remains to be seen. The only I don't know what their demands are, but if it is if that AI one is like I I would prefer no AI, but like that's I feel like there's just no way. Once you there's a lot of people at least for me the past like week or so I've had that full that the like light bulb went on. It's like oh my god, this AI thing we're we're in trouble. So I don't know if that's happened with a lot of people yet, but like there's just no way AI is not going to like be a huge problem in the next like ten years. For well, jobs. It's been movies. It's been in movies for forever. So I don't understand why like people are just now getting scared of AI. Like movies have been talking about it for forever. Yeah, <laughs> but those are those are like movies. Yeah, but like they're they're movies. They're always this you know, science, there's some science fiction all all usually not always, but sometimes predicts the future. 
Well, sure. I mean, there's a million predictions going on all the time, but like once you realize that like you can give an AI a prompt and it'll just write a book for you within like 10 seconds, you're like, ooh, okay, we might be in a little trouble here. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't think, I just don't understand why people like didn't see this coming. Because I mean, like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a big sci-fi geek, but like AI seemed inevitable. Like that's literally yeah. what Dune's about. Because AI takes over during going back to Dune again. AI takes like, over, oh. and then they basically they they basically have a war against the machines, like Terminator in the future. They just like stop all computers, and then they use drugs to make people live in computers, so that there's no actual like hardware computers anymore. It's like bonkers, pretty much. Pretty so much. I mean, everybody's like, a little different. It's so it's nice. uh, you know. Moving on a little bit after that, let's talk about a little bit of video games because I like video games and you like video games. Let's start with a bad one first, and then we'll get we'll move into our nostalgia thing that we're talking about earlier. Redfall, David. Redfall is supposed to be the first you know big AAA game from Microsoft that you know was they're like full under controller and ever, and uh, it didn't go over so hot. <laughs> didn't 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 do so good. Redfall. It's like I think it's in the bottom fourteen on Steam. <laughs> Sad the game is... what was it i would love this game was in development we talked about this a little bit but the game was in development for five years and it was supposed to come out what a year ago they, what were they doing <laughs> i don't know oh, man this, the game is super rough it's like an empty map with the the everything the gameplay design was weird the ui design is weird the menus the skills it's all designed weird it's I... like there's a stealth there's a stealth guy but like the perks and the stuff that you like unlock later in the game remove your stealth so then it's like your your stealth character is not can't even be stealth anymore oh my god it's it, redfall just looks like a giant mess and and the thing is like i always thought personally arcane was overrated i'm not a big fan of stealth games and dishonored like was super yeah. stealthy uh i thought prey would have been more would have been more fun like when you, when you, when you have to like start using the dissolve everything uh ammo that just turns everything into into uh, like turns random things into junk so you can recycle it and, and turn it. Like when like sixteen, when you stack up sixteen chairs in a room, and every other metal thing you can find and throw one of those dissolving grenades on it, you only get like two scraps of metal, which isn't enough for like one bullet. It's just like it's just frustrating. Like it's just absolutely frustrating. Like they did not give you enough uh, materials to make more bullets in that game, which drove me absolutely insane. So pray. The views of David do not pray. represent the views of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have fun? I don't like. Was I don't it, like was every. It, was it was it fun to stack up a hundred chairs and try to get a couple pieces of metal from it? I really liked Prey, man. I thought Prey was a great game. I really did. I haven't played uh, Death Loop. So I don't know much about that. I didn't and want to I, play I Dishonored. I didn't. I didn't. I thought uh, Dishonored. I they were like, I'm cool with him. I'd be cool with another one. Dis- I liked it. Dishonored was not terrible. It was fine. Uh, Prey could have been great uh, if was. there was more resources. Like uh, Prey didn't even feel like a survival horror game. Like survival horror games are more fair than Prey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! Well, you know, Redfall didn't work out. I don't know what the heck they're gonna do. It, I mean, it puts a big question mark over Starfield, but I feel like Starfield is like I don't know. I don't even know what Microsoft's goal is anymore because Phil Spencer got on that podcast and he's just like, "Yeah, we suck." That's pretty much what he says. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what they're trying to go, what their goal is anymore. 
But hopefully, you know, Todd Howard, Todd, there's a lot on Todd Howard's shoulders right now to make that game good. I still really want to see what Starfield was when it was supposed to originally release oh, like a year, ago. a year ago now. Yeah, I, it's just it's just bizarre. Like, I don't know why, but it feels like everything Microsoft touches just absolutely goes to rubbish because Skype Skype was amazing. The day Microsoft bought it, it somehow just turned into a train wreck. Like, they were like, all right, day one, guys, we bought Skype. Let's make everybody's IP visible. Let's just, so you can just, like, steal anybody's information. I just uh, I just man. don't understand. Like, every time Microsoft buys a company, the company they bought, like, just tanks as far as, like, the quality of their stuff goes. Like, well, that's not always true. GitHub is pretty good still. Okay, I mean that it, it, it's not a it's not a 100% thing that Microsoft buys. They don't and, have 100% turn, success rate at ruining it. <laughs> and ruining it, but it seems pretty high. Like people, you know, uh Fallout New Vegas is probably one of Obsidian's like best games. And like they haven't put out like Outer Worlds was like it was mostly developed before Microsoft bought them. But Outer Worlds like wasn't as well received as like some of their other games. Grounded was okay. It's pretty good. Grounded's yeah. pretty good. Grounded's pretty solid. But it's not like a hundred percent. Like it's 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 kind. Of, it's not very intuitive. Where like most of your damage comes from throwing your weapons at them instead of actually using your weapons the way God <laughs> intended. Uh, <laughs> so like I, I, they've got they've made some questionable decisions. They bought Bethesda and Redfall is like absolute garbage. We don't know what Id's working on. Do we? Do we know what Id's? I don't. I don't think we know. Like, what can I do? Well, they had they put out Mighty Doom, but I don't think it did that. I think it was another company that made Mighty Doom. Well, what the rumor is is that uh, they're working, they're helping Starfield. Yes, yes, uh, it is helping with Starfield, but but we don't know like how much of that was just the leftover yeah, leftover help from Fallout Four because it did step in and help the shooting in Fallout Four as well. So we don't know if they stepped in even more with Starfield or or whatnot. But um, if they worked on and helped to get the shooting even better in Starfield, that'd be fantastic. Because I mean, if you if you own it, your your shooting should be pretty good. I would hope in all your games, and just let the let some of that id magic run off, rub Forget, off on you. Works magic. Do you think Starfield will launch, and it will technically be a good game? Do you think it's gonna like you're gonna be able to consistently hit sixty? Do you oh, think that's the thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> You can't, you can't, you think you can't hit, you can't hit sixty reliably in Fallout Four when you go downtown. <laughs> hey man, that's what they're that's what they're saying. The goal is sixty. Goal sixty, man. I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, With mods in four years, yeah. Install the mods. Although and, mods you know, usually bring performance down because they're like stressing the. Yeah, but there's like more. mods to make you know things oh, yeah. run better. Yeah, there are some mods that they do fix performance, like. I think if, I, I, I think if Starfield comes out and it's like a seven, I think that'll be good enough. Because Fallout Four, you're really you're cool with a seven. Oh, Microsoft needs a win here, man. Oh, oh, <laughs> seven is not a okay. win. I granted they do need a win, and that's the thing. Like Fallout Four, I enjoyed Fallout Four. I played it a lot, but like I like like rating it on its own merits without any mods, just on its own uh, with the bugs in it. With the poor performance, with the lackluster story, uh, it is like to my mind, it is a seven. But because it's a Bethesda game, and there's mods, and there's like performance patches and graphics patches, and like 
anime <laughs> bouncing boob patches and whatever else. There's a bajillion mods for this thing. This, uh, sure. the, the Far Harbor DLC was like an eight or a nine. The Far Harbor DLC was the best Bethesda made chunk of this game. The, I thought the, the community system was pretty good. Um, I didn't really like how, like, there wasn't much choice in the main story. I, the, the game had some issues. Like, on its own, the game, to me, is only, like, a 7. Like, vanilla, Fallout 4, no DLC. Like, it's, it's like, a 7 tops. Like, it's not terrible. Right. It's not amazing. It's a kind of pretty good... It's a good skeleton to build stuff up on. And that's what modders do. And that's why I've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into Fallout 4. Because... It is a great platform for mods. And so will Starfield, hopefully. Yeah, so that, that that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, if Starfield is at least as good as Fallout 4, it'll be fine enough for me to sink hundreds of hours into it. I hope it's better than Fallout 4. I sincerely do. I really want this to be better than Fallout 4. Howard's not going to let you down. But He's not letting you down, man. But after Fallout 76 and after Redfall, I don't have specifically high hopes that it's going to be like a 9 or 10 game. <laughs> No. I'm I'm just being realistic here. That's that's just my realistic expectations. Is, is if the game's a seven, it'll probably be fine enough because it'll be on par with Fallout Four. If it's better than Fallout Four, good job, Bethesda. You did a good. But at least it's on PC, which is more than you know. We could ask if we were like PlayStation gamers, we wouldn't even be able to play it. So considering you know, at least I, it's on PC. considering I bought Fallout Four Day One on PS4 and PC, <laughs> at least. You know, one one good thing that Microsoft's doing is they're putting start they're starting to put stuff on PC. Well, I guess Sony's doing that as well. Nintendo needs to start putting stuff Microsoft's on PC. been putting stuff on PC. It's it's yeah. it's Sony that's just kind of starting. Although Sony also their track record's not very good. Their only game that came to PC with zero problems was God of War. Horizon had Horizon, Horizon, Horizon have problems when it came it out. It had performance issues uh, at, at start. Um, well, it's pretty solid now, though. Yeah, it's it's solid now. Um, most, God of War was really the only one that came out that was just like immediately just ten yeah, out of ten. Yeah, God of War came out perfect. Um, there was basically zero issues with God of War. My only my only personal issue with God of War is that the PlayStation controller wouldn't work wirelessly and show the correct buttons. It switched the Xbox buttons. I'm like, this is a PlayStation that, game. It should, a, it should be problem. default Xbox buttons. That is a you problem. Well, when I plugged my controller in with a wire, it showed the PlayStation buttons just fine. But wirelessly, it, it wouldn't. And I don't know why that was. Because Horizon Zero Dawn showed PlayStation buttons I mean, there's definitely got to be a way to fix that. There's definitely got to be there's, something. There's probably something a mod, fun. but Horizon Zero Dawn worked out of the box wirelessly I, 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 with PlayStation buttons. Why couldn't, I good time. why couldn't God of War do that? I eight, didn't play either one. Eight, of eight out of ten. God of War, eight out of ten. Your PlayStation buttons didn't work. <laughs> eight out of ten. You lose <laughs> two points for not being as good as Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh my god. <laughs> we have controller points now. <laughs> controller points, yeah. Oh man. So, uh, you know, I guess on to the leading into this nostalgia. Where do you want to start? You want to go with well, that, what we're supposed to be talking about? Or do you want to end with the the other game well, we got it we got to do with um tears of the kingdom tears of the kingdom is getting tens across the board and yes. i think that is a nostalgia view on zelda and i think I, don't know, I, I think how can you just be against like every critic <laughs> because critics critics have rose tinted like even users critics, everybody's like this is just 10 critics and users have rose tinted glasses when it comes to zelda uh, so what about the fourteen-year-old who's not who's pl- only played Breath of the Wild and they're getting to this game? They're nostal- what are they nostalgic for? 
when Breath they give it a ten. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> what? It's just it's the second game. Well, Nintendo just has that reputation. Look, look, because I mean, like, if you look back at uh, Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword also got rave reviews. Like they're like, oh, it's the best Zelda ever at this point in time, and it's just like that. And I played it, and like I thought this game, I thought Skyward Sword was probably one of the worst Zelda games I've ever played. I did not have fun playing that. The motion, the forced motion controls also like took two or three or four points away off that game. Because it, it required the Wii Motion Plus, which claimed it had one-to-one movement, and I would do this, and my character would do the complete opposite way more times than I care to remember, and way too often since so many of the puzzles required specific hand motions, and I would do them, and it would say I did the opposite. I'm like, what the hell? Uh... So uh, again, my views do not represent David's views on this topic. <laughs> um, I, I Breath of the Wild was definitely a solid game. It's probably the it was probably the best Zelda since Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time is still my top Zelda game of all time. Nothing comes close to Ocarina of Time. Uh, Breath of the Wild is a close second, but it's still. I mean, the the weapon breaking like knocks it down a couple points. Like that drove me absolutely. Well, if insane. it took away the the weapon breaking. Well, what what is Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild would probably be still slightly under Ocarina of Time, um, without weapon without weapon breaking. Like the Ocarina, uh, the 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 problem with uh, Tears of the Kingdom and and also Breath of the Wild, I think, was like the dungeons. There were we didn't have the massive cool dungeons like we had in in, in, no, pre- no, in previous Zelda's games. Shrines, yeah, there's a bajillion shrines, but all like two rooms, and I'm like, oh, okay, another two room shrine. It just felt, it felt more grindy when there's a bajillion two room shrines. Sure, sure. And I mean, well, I mean David, you're wrong. You're you're wrong. <laughs> okay. I mean, like I I give probably you know Ocarina of Time ten out of ten. Probably Breath of the Wild eight out of ten. No, that's still good. Yeah, it, it's that. good. I mean, it, it's it's undoubtedly a good game, but I I I think the tens across the board are rose-colored glasses that are just, like... It's just the Nintendo nostalgia, Nintendo power, and, and all that. And and like we talked about yesterday, we went we went to a lovely hike at a gorge with my wife, it was, since it was her birthday today, but we celebrated yesterday. <laughs> Happy yes. birthday, again. Oh, yes, yes. yes. And um, so we spoke yesterday, and I, I, I told you, I'm not going to buy this game until the next Nintendo system when we can guarantee, like, 60 frames per second, because it's Nintendo, right? Get, you think the next Nintendo system's going to give you 60? I mean, for, for a game that was built on the previous hardware, why not? All <laughs> right. If it's not if it's not 60 on the new hardware, like, what is Nintendo even doing? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what we've been asking Nintendo since we, Nintendo's existed. Well, yeah, <laughs> Exactly, but I'm I'm just saying, like if like, because in my mind, since we all know Nintendo will always resell their old games ad nauseum till the end of time, like that, like, and because this is like a game that's probably coming out toward the end of the Switch's lifetime, they liked usually bridging Zelda games like over across you know each each system, yeah, because they did that with um the one with the Breath wolf. Of the Wild. They did it with Breath of the Wild. They did it with the Breath of the Wild. They did it with uh, Twilight Princess as well. Yeah. Where it launched on like two systems. So I. Well, I, the difference I, was we knew about the next system, though. Like when yeah. Breath of the Wild came out, we knew it was coming out on Wii U and Switch. This one, 
We don't we know. know it's Switch, but you know, like you said, it's it, it's coming out on the next one. <laughs> but because it's Nintendo, I could totally see them doing like a like a, a dual pack where they remastered, you know, a you know Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, and like resell them together or something like that, like as a bundle. Probably. I can yeah. see them totally doing that. Um, yeah, and Nintendo a, is coming out and saying like, "Yeah, we're not worried about uh, we're not working on the next hardware or anything. We're not thinking about it right now." It's like there's no way. You're not thinking about another another uh, hardware system. They're just saying that so you uh, stop, don't stop buying the well, Switch. Well, Nintendo, no Nintendo also said we weren't going to replace the the 3DS with the Switch, and it's yeah, and then and immediate, then like <laughs> as soon as like the sales start going on 3DS, they're just like Switch, we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's they they are they're just thinly veiled. They want well, it, but it makes sense from a business standpoint. They don't want to just because they if they just like today announced that like the next hardware thing is coming out in like six months, they'll literally just kill the Switch sales. Nobody's gonna buy a Switch. Yeah, but I mean, like the Switch sales need to die because the, the hardware is just <laughs> it was subpar the day it launched. To be yeah. honest, can we completely? Oh, I, it's probably, I don't know if this is exactly. Well, no, you know what? I'm I'm going to pretty confidently say that every new flagship phone that comes out is probably a double the double the power <laughs> of the switch well anything anything like that. that's running apple silicon is probably definitely double the power of the switch and, well any flagship i mean the switch really isn't yeah. very powerful at it's, all it's not it's it's pretty sad so, yeah um but speaking of nostalgia today <laughs> we're talking about a movie that is, it took us it's, a long it's, time to get here. It's a nostalgic. <laughs> we, we had a lot of news this week, and it was news that I wasn't blanking on. I kind of knew about it. Yeah, well, that's a lot, true. Sometimes a lot of stuff happens in two weeks that we that we're excited about and talking about. And this movie is not a particularly deep movie, anyway. This movie is a love story between <laughs> a man and his big rig truck that gets stolen. So, I thought you were going to say it's a love between you. And the movie. No, no, no. The, this movie, Big Trouble in Little China, is a love story about a man and his truck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. That works. That works. That works. All right. So, um, Dave, why don't you start off with? I you yeah. know what? You start off with your ratings, and then we're gonna have, you're gonna have to kind of like explain what's going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we you we decided to watch this, but and you've already known about this movie. I haven't watched it before. I rewatched like certain like I remember I I texted you saying like hey i'm just I'm, I'm just about to start watching it and it took me like this movie's an hour and 40 minutes it took me like two and a half hours to finish this movie because i had to keep like re-watching parts because i was like i don't understand what's going on it's like, and bon- I still feel that it's like the bonus of watching this as a child because uh as a child uh my my dad recorded this off of tv and I watch this movie ad nausea, like like children do. You find something you like, and you watch it over and over and over yeah, and over and over and over again. Yeah, and it's it's still like I've watched this movie. Like I watched it with my wife two years ago. She hated it. I got I rewatched it again this week for the podcast. I enjoyed it again. I, this movie's a solid like eight eight point five. <laughs> I, I really eight. I really enjoy this movie. Nostalgia does things to reviews, Brian. I promise you it does. I'm not going to give it a 10 like Tears of the Kingdom. I'm I not- shouldn't do this to you. It shouldn't be doing this to you. It's not like Tears of the Kingdom. It's not like Breath of the Wild. Like Breath of the Wild. You think you, you're t- you rated Breath of the Wild the same rating as you're rating this movie? <laughs> yes. What? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, we're we're going to need a court case here to figure out like why this is valid. Nostalgia. Like like 
if I watch this movie nowadays, I would probably give it like a six or a five. But nostalgia does things to your brain where you love it. And like, I, I don't even ironically love this movie. I actually love this movie. I enjoy this movie every single time I watch it. It is a, to me, it is a fun action adventure movie from the eighties. It's almost like a, like rewatching it now, like with my D and D knowledge and everything. It's almost kind of like a modern D and D adventure. You got a beholder in it. <laughs> you got weird creatures. You got like, you got magic. <laughs> you've got all this weird stuff and you've got it out of, you know, it's, it's just, it's weird, the weird stuff. Review. Yeah, I, I, I love this film. It, it is a lot of fun. And there's a lot of nerd cred in this. We got Kurt Russell, who's Ego in this Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We've got uh, Kim Control, who's uh, the Vulcan uh, character, who's a traitor in Star Trek VI. Uh, we've got uh, you know David Lopan, who is, of course, the jeweler from, from uh, Diablo 3. We've got lots of nerd cred in this movie. We've got one of the Storms, who obviously inspired raiden in mortal Kombat. yeah it does i'll, I'll get behind I mean, you on without that a doubt it's it it, it inspired raiden like yeah, if, if it didn't it, it's just i mean like it's 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 it, de- it definitely it's cool. did it definitely did i mean he's got, pretty much he's got the, the straw hat like he's, the got the, he's got the power yeah it's it's literally raiden like, like this this movie has got so much nerd cred going for it like i didn't know this back in the day and now i just see all this stuff that i can see these connections and like this is great we've got a diablo character we've got a star trek character we've got a guardians of the galaxy character i love me some sci-fi yeah go ahead brian hurt my feelings uh, i'm gonna give this movie like a four <laughs> that's fine <laughs> I think anybody who did not grow up on this movie, like uh, you have, would agree with me. I don't understand where these ratings are coming from. I could think this is, there's some nostalgia thing going on here with these ratings. Well, that's what I'm saying. And it deserves because of nostalgia. And I am wholeheartedly admitting that this movie probably isn't an eight, but the nostalgia is clouding. What it is to me. <laughs> nostalgia is clouding my vision. And I'm not oh partic- I'm not particularly a big fan yes. of John Carpenter. I haven't seen many of John Carpenter's films. Uh, I think I've seen part of the thing. I wasn't crazy about it. I watched all of The Fog, and I think The Fog is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, and I watched The Fog as an adult, so I mean, like, it, it's one of those things where I completely understand. And when I reviewed Ice Pirates here on this podcast, Aaron and Holly, they grew up with Ice Pirates. They adored it, and I hated it. I didn't grow up with it. I, I think nostalgia does something to you, and I wish I had grown up with Space Pirates so I could empathize <laughs> and, like, you know, be in their shoes. I want to and- love trash. <laughs> I want to love the trash. No, I, it's I, I, I can I understand that it's 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 nostalgia. Like, like honestly, if I watch this movie nowadays, I'd probably give it a four or five because it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. But I've seen it so many That's so true. many times. I've got the I've got my my own head canon about it. It makes perfect sense to me. It's 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 weird for the sake of being weird, and I love it being weird for the sake of being weird and that's kind of what ice pirates was because brian actually proposed doing ice pirates this week and i'm like no 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 you've already, already been there done <laughs> it's, that it's already been covered on the podcast i don't want to revisit ice pirates i did not care for it <laughs> well uh so this good old movie here uh so <laughs> oh god kurt russell <laughs> 
<laughs> loves his truck, and he's got good reflexes. Yes, he loves his truck. He's got good reflexes. But, like, why is he doing what he's doing? Why? Yeah. He was visiting his friend, and his friend was like, oh, and he... he <laughs> oh, how did, like, how did this all... Like, he's just visiting his friend, and then he's like, okay, I'm shooting guns. I'm going in caves. I'm, I'm fighting monsters. I'm... Like, what is, like... Oh, my God, dude. Like, how'd this happen? There's a super old guy that shows up, and he's just, like, sitting in a chair. The chair fit. He, like, gets pushed back in a chair into, like, a pit. But, like, I don't know. He's, like, making this, this like, weird... He's, like, falling back into a pit in a chair. And he's... Why doesn't he just, like, stand up? He's, like, fighting to, like, to, like put the chair back. But it's, like... I don't know, like, oh my god, dude, so much doesn't make sense. <laughs> 80s action schlock is why, is, is why it does, is, he does that. But then as soon as he, like, he, so he's falling back in, like, a, in, like, this chair. And he's gonna, if he falls all the way, he's going into a pit. Yeah. But if he's, like, sitting there. He catches and himself. He, and then he's, he, like, he, 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 so he doesn't fall back. But, like, that's not, like, why isn't he just, like, sitting up? Why is he just, like, sitting there, like. I gotta go forward. Well, I mean, he inches himself forward. It makes sense. He doesn't want to fall off. What doesn't make sense is that he inches up really far, and then he just throws it back. <laughs> he just yeah. he just it throws just it up. back so so it can fall in the so it can fall in the hole like that. It's a little it's a little extra for for sure. But uh, so he he's visiting his friend. Uh, his friend doesn't have the money to pay him for the gambling they're doing, and his friend's like, "Oh, I got to pick up my girlfriend at this airport." And he's like, "Fine, can we get the money?" He's he just wants this money. Like it's it's a guy who's in love with his truck who just wants his money from this bet, and he's following his Chinese best friend around until he can get the money <laughs> that he's owed from this game. And so his friend just it just leads him on this crazy adventure because the the bad guy David Lopan is he's been cursed by some ancient Chinese god, and he is not mortal he's he's sort of mortal he's like that old guy in a chair that can't move but then he's also like a ghost and he's trying to like turn turn himself young again and so he needs a woman with green eyes to sacrifice to this god so that he can become mortal again and and be able to have fun and have the sex and stuff like that he really really wants a girl with green eyes when he's in bed in the sack but also it just helps to sacrifice to god and then uh the reporter the uh, gracie law no she she's the lawyer she she also has green eyes, so she gets kidnapped too. She gets all caught up in this mess, and it's like all these people know each other except for Jack Burton and his friend. Jack Burton and his friend know each other, but everyone else seems to know each other. Because <laughs> right, I, I, I guess I guess David knows all, this movie way better than he should. They're they're all from this like little place in Chinatown. It seems like, and 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 it's it's great. Like because you gotta. In in a movie, you get a protagonist character. This movie yeah. has the quintessential protagonist character, Kurt Russell. You, the audience, you, Brian Bannister, you are in Kurt Russell's shoes. And yeah, what, am I? What, what? What? Yes, you, you are. Because what is the most common phrase Jack Burton mentions in this movie? What is his most often line? You're going to have to tell me. What the hell? <laughs> What Dude, the hell was that? Man. What the hell? What the hell? It's it's literally always says the entire movie. Well, you said, yeah, that's what that's what you said last. You're like you told me like you are the protagonist because I texted you. I was like, I don't know what's going on. You was like, that's right, you are the protagonist. <laughs> well, yeah, Jack Burton. He's like, what the hell? Like that's 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 always he's like 
It's like he is completely confused. He has no idea what's going on. He doesn't believe in magic. He doesn't believe all this is real. <laughs> and he is stuck in this situation that's like out of a fantasy, like Dungeon Dragons. That's why compared to because there's magic and monsters and creatures, little baby yeah, beholder. There's a, yeah, there's a little baby beholder. That was my favorite character. There was just a, because why not? There was a there was a giant creature that just like has got crazy monster and claws and teeth and just pulls the guy into this hole. In this yeah, there's like a werewolf like, thing. It was like a like a demon werewolf. It's like a Chewbacca. Whatever. It's like if Chewbacca was on crack. It also shows up in the truck at the end. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. I guess it's just he's he's just. Is that ever explained? Do guess, we know why? I guess that he, happened. I guess he's just there to kill Jack Burton. Jack Burton doesn't actually. Oh, maybe that was supposed to be for the second movie. That I I think it, it was supposed to be for the second movie, and and there was talks for a while that they're going to make a second movie and or reboot. So, oh I don't god! Know, but, but um, and here we go back to the writer strike. The <laughs> yeah, let's make another one of Big Trouble in Little, Little China. China. Yeah, let's make another a reboot. One. Oh my god! Don't make a reboot of this. There's no way it's good. There, no god, no. Well, I mean, they rebooted the Fog, and I'm like, man, how you make a how you can make a a, a, a remake of one of the worst movies of all time? <laughs> and they did. I couldn't tell you. So, uh, they and they remade the thing. A lot of John Carpenter's movies have had remakes. So, I mean, like, it's I mean, the it's thing's not, good. I like I liked the thing. The thing. That's another. Yeah. Kurt, that's another Kurt Russell. Did you watch it when you were younger? Uh. I mean, not when I was like like five. I didn't see it when I was like five. But well, how, I, saw it when I was like maybe twelve or thirteen. It's that's still the right age for nostalgia to get you. Yeah, but the the thing is a good movie. Big Triple O China is a good movie. Is it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> you and who? Who else? I'm Besides, sure. like for some reason, if anybody goes and watch, I don't recommend this movie straight up. Just like anybody who hasn't seen it before, I don't recommend it. I know David will disagree with me on that one. But if you go look this movie up, all any reviews you see for this, they're like, they're like, this is a well reviewed average. Movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a well, it's, a, it's not a trash movie by any any stretch of the imagination. It is well, a well reviewed I mean, movie. It's not. I, it's I might, not stellar. It's not a stellar review movie. It's also not review trash because we almost. No, it's like a, it's like anywhere you look. It's like about a seven. It's about a seven out of ten. Yeah, and I gave it's like an eight because I got rose tinted glasses. So we almost talked about Red Sonia today because I know they're making a Red Sonia, a new Red Sonia movie, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to compare the old Red Sonia with the new Red Sonia. But I looked up reviews for that, and they were like in the twenty percent, and I was like, oh man, I don't think I should do this. I. I, I like it when we disagree about a movie because it gives us different perspectives for potential listeners, and we're not just agreeing with each other the entire time. I think that I think a conversation and, and a you know discourse. Um, I mean, I I, pref- I think it's cooler to talk about things we like, though. You know, I well, like yeah. But stuff. if we both hated Red Sonia, that wouldn't have been as interesting as a oh, yeah, back no. and forth conversation. If we both thought oh, this is terrible and we don't have anything to say about it, that's one thing. But when we have differing opinions. It opens up more of a conversation rather than this. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Oh yeah, it was awesome. You know, I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's. It feels good when we both like something. But I mean, just talking about from a conversation standpoint, there's it's a little bit more dynamic when you're like, I don't like it. Oh, but I do, and I like it because of this reason. You don't because you. And in Red Sonia, we would have both been like, "This is a terrible this movie." This was bad. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. The, okay. Even the guns and the, like, there's a lot of like action in this movie. Like a lot of action. The whole movie is pretty much just action. It's almost John Wick level mm-hmm. action. With the amount of it that there is, but like the guns are just like awful. Like the the sounds of the guns are just like don't make any. Like he's shooting like a like there was. I don't. Maybe this is just like because I'm like streaming it or something. But like 
Kurt Russell had like uh It's like a little submachine like, gun. Yeah, submachine gun. And he's like shooting it and it should make like, you know, and it was shooting like pow 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 pow. pow. Yeah, it made these it was like way I don't know if that was the way it was streamed, but like that that definitely isn't shouldn't be there. So that felt a little weird. Well it's it's also eighty I feel like eighties movies like the sound effects for guns like are like hit and miss depending on the film. Well it was like you either shoot a real gun and get the sound from that or like you have to Foley I don't it. know what else you do. Like the, the sound Foley a gun the, the, yeah, the sound foley music, yeah, or the music, but I mean the sound effects they would just make Yeah. Well, now you can just kind of probably make that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I and mean, there's also, like, high-quality recordings of, like, actual every gun, gun shooting gun now. Yeah. Every single gun, every single caliber. Well, especially with video games. Well, that's also that that's also a big thing where they've gotten, like, giant sound repositories for every single kind of gun imaginable. So, yeah, like, it, it was different back in the 80s, for sure. For, oh, oh, yeah, it was different. They don't, they don't make movies like this anymore. They absolutely do not. And, like, the special effects weren't bad for, for the movie. Like, the Beholder looks pretty cool. And that monster that came out of the side of the wall and pulls that guy the practi- out. I like the practical effects. Yeah. And the, I guess you're right, though. The, the digital effects weren't, like, awful either. They, they were fine. The light, I mean, the light, they, they definitely don't hold the, up. The like, lightning effect was great at the beginning. Yeah, it, it lit up his hands and his face, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, how did they do that back in the day? Like, I was like, I, I that, right. that that scene wasn't uh, in the recording my dad did of the movie when I was a kid. So like, me seeing, I've only seen that scene like twice. So rewatching oh, wow. it this week, lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen that scene <laughs> twice out of out of the out of the literal hundreds of times I've seen this movie. <laughs> you've seen it a hundred. There's no way you've seen I, it I, hundreds. I, I've, I'm almost 40, and I've seen this movie many times as a kid, <laughs> many times I mean, as a young adult. I think you've seen it maybe 50. Okay, in the 50 times I've seen this movie, I've only seen that scene That's twice. a lot. Okay, twice. I mean, that what they had to do was just, they had to shoot uh, that color light at him. Yeah, but There's it, no other way it's, to do that. it was still a legit good looking effect yeah no it was a it was a for the time let's let's like let's not hype it up now and say like if that was in a movie nowadays it'd be good yeah i mean it's it's surprisingly good for the time that's what yes. I'm, that's what i'm saying like yes. the effect the effects like don't hold up to modern standards but knowing this is an early 80s film that's a good special effect like it, somebody knew what they were doing yeah it, it was good was one guy on set <laughs> Although I actually, what did you think of the mu- music in this movie? Because John Carpenter also did a lot of the music. I, I like the music in the movie. It, it fits the movie very well. I, I think. I don't really. I didn't really notice the music. I guess. I, I guess it's only your first time watching it. So like, I've seen it so many times. So like, you know, I, 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 I you like. I, what about when this one character said this one line? How does that make you feel? Like, what are you talking? How about? did it make you feel when he said, "What the hell"? Yeah, for the eighth time. How did how did his friend know that the light coming out of Lopan's mouth would only give him temporary blindness? Yeah, exactly. How did that how'd that make me feel? He just knows. He just knows it's temporary blindness. I love the idea that this whole thing is just like this is just under like little Chinatown or whatever. Yeah. This is just un- there's just like this immense cave system with like these like creatures. In San Francisco. Like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, <laughs> Legit Dungeons and Dragons creature, including a beholder, down underneath San Francisco. <laughs> yep, they're down there. It's a mini beholder, though. Don't go like it's a it's a small one that licks like at the end of the movie. It like has like its tongue come out and it, like licks its like whole face. <laughs> oh yeah, he got he got shot in the head, so he was looking his looking yeah, his he was wounds. preparing himself. 
Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh god. And then they had yeah. like <laughs> that's what we should do is we should buy like where is that? Where where do you think that prop is? We should buy it. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea where that prop is. It's a cool prop though. I wouldn't mind having a little beholder guy. <laughs> it's, it's bigger than I think it's bigger than you think it is. I mean it's Yes, but little, like, but like it's, it's, it's not, not the, super it's small. not the size of a Dungeons and Dragons beholder. No, like, beholders are decent sized creatures. This is a slightly bigger than a basketball sized creature. Oh, I think it's a little bit bigger than a basketball. Well, it was floating. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's not like as big as a kakadu even. Yeah, but like it's not like golf ball. No, I said basketball. It's like a little bit bigger than a basketball. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll concede on that. It's a little bit bigger than a basketball. Yeah, a little bit bigger. They probably made it out of a basketball. Well, the inside of it's probably a basketball. The prop itself, we don't know how big that is, but just the way it was displayed in the movie, it looked yeah. about that size. Because the, the prop could be bigger or smaller. It was probably bigger for all those, you know, robotic eyes. Probably. It was probably, probably. the prop was probably bigger than it actually was. Well, either way, you know, because I'm sure that I'm sure, I'm sure that was comped in. But uh, yeah, it it was cool. It was a cool prop for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the props, we talked about the props, we talked about the, the digital uh, effects, we talked about, you know, the, the fight, makeup's good, the, too. the fighting, it was, the, like, the, the fight. of bar. Oh, the story made, the story was by far the worst part of the movie. It's just uh, the, this truck guy, I man, Kurt Russell, man, I don't know, maybe you should have stayed away from this one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's nostalgic for this? Do you think he looks back at this movie, Kurt Russell, and he's like, damn. He probably does, because he was, like, jacked in this movie. He was kind of, like, he looked pretty strong. Oh, I, I'm sure he was, I, I, I'm, he was at least a, a proud of his uh, physical prowess, because he looked good in this movie. I mean, he's jacked, he's strong, he's, like, like, the apex leading man. He's like, I'm not even going to kiss the girl at the end because I love my truck more than her. And I know I'm going to leave. I'm never going to leave my truck for this lady. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty much what happens at the end of the movie. And then somebody, one of the, the Chinese guys has like some weird quote where he's just like, wow, what a guy. Or something, yeah, something wow, like. what a guy. Yeah. <laughs> not even going to kiss the girl. Not even going to kiss her? No. No. Absolutely okay, wow, not. what a guy. <laughs> He's not even. He's not even going to try to lead her on. <laughs> no, he's a stand-up. He's a stand-up guy. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry you didn't like this movie, Brian. I was hoping you'd at least. Did like you it. really like? You told me you thought I was. Gonna, did you really like? What was the thought? Like, obviously, you're going to recommend the movie. I'm not going to recommend the movie. But like, re- really. I was hoping you'd at least appreciate it for the action. Like, you know, it's like a decent... The action was okay. It wasn't... Oh, I mean, it's not It's not going to be, like, Matrix-level action. It's an, it's an early well, 80s... No. It's an early 80s action film. But I thought you'd at least appreciate it for the action and, like, some of the weird, fantastic elements on it. Like, I didn't think you'd love the story, but I thought you'd at least appreciate it on some level. Oh, no, for, I like, do. I definitely for, do appreciate it, but the story made me so confused that I, like, didn't know what was going on anymore. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on with this story. Like, if this story made sense to me, and I didn't have to rewatch sixty percent of the movie, <laughs> or have me ex- then, or have me explain it to you, <laughs> yeah, or having you explain it to me, I feel like it would have been like it would have been okay because the rest of it, there is like cool fantastical elements, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it, it's just, but also I've seen the movie so many times, so it just makes sense to me. Like, 
And Kurt Russell's the quintessential protagonist character. He's the character you're supposed to identify with because he's like, what the hell? What the hell was that? What is, don't even tell me. I don't even want to know what that thing was. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, he's lost in a magical world. He, he thinks he's in the real world and all this weird stuff's happening around him. It's great. I don't know. I think, I think it's fun to be in that kind of character headspace. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I mean, to each their own. And 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 I completely admit that if I saw this movie like today for the first time, I'd be like, "What the hell is this?" And I I I kind of knew that going into it with you. And I did. I was hoping you'd like it, but I didn't really know. Kaylee Kaylee hated it, so I I kind of thought you might be on the hating it. But I thought because we talk about movies together a bunch that you might be slightly less I might hating just it. Like it? No, I I I I I did not expect you to love the movie i expected like i was expecting like a five to six from you i was a little bit sad okay. i was a little bit sad about a four <laughs> how about i'll give it a five man i could give it a five it's okay i was debating whether or not between a four and a five so we'll, i will go with a five we'll, we'll take that we'll we'll rotate up S- small wins uh, yeah and i i completely agree this movie is not for everybody and and you know uh, framing this review around nostalgia made a lot of sense, especially after that uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom being the best reviewed no, game of all it's only time. Good, it's only getting good reviews because people are nostalgic for it. Oh, oh, I think it's getting perfect reviews because people are nostalgic for it. I, I'm not disputing it's a good that it's not a good game. I'm just disputing. We haven't whether, played it yet. We don't know if it's a good game or not. Whether whether it requires a ten. Uh, if the weapons break, it's still an eight for me, and the weapons still break because I've seen I've seen video of the weapons breaking. So I don't care how good the rest of the game is. If I have to grab a new weapon every two seconds, like if weapons degraded and then I had to repair them, that's fine because I had to do that in The Witcher. But when they just snap in your hands and you you no longer have that weapon anymore, that is frustrating <laughs> and is not a fun mechanic. I do agree. I would like to know the the like game design behind that what, like what is their reasoning because that's this twice they doubled down on it i feel like the reasoning is that you can use a stick as a weapon and yes a stick will break and shatter in your hands but not often do metal weapons just shatter in your hands like <laughs> mythbusters you just have a giant battle axe and it just, just like shatters into a million pieces like mythbusters like we're trying to do cutting a sword with a sword and it was like near impossible, even with like a robotic thing. It took so much force to cut a sword in half with another sword. Like it, it's just like knowing because the game is trying to do like realistic physics. Like it's trying to do wind and fire and cold and heat hot. You know, yeah. It's trying to do realistic physics, and then like you're you're like giant claymore that's like thirty pounds of steel just shatters, and it's just like oh, that's not that's not how that would work. Granted, yes, your tree branch you're hitting the bad guys with would shatter because, I mean, it's a piece of wood. It's a, it's a very small piece of wood, too. Which, sure, a wooden sword, that would shatter. But your your metal weapons, you should just have to repair those. Well, no. No, yeah, it's it, it just... How it works. That's, it's just frustrating to me. Like, that's... <laughs> that, especially, like, hunting Lionels, like, their weapons broke so fast. I was like, these are the best weapons in the game. And, and it's they just, break in a little bit. Yeah, it's just like ugh, I've got to go kill another Lionel for another one of these weapons. It was just—it was just a slog. It was just an absolute slog, just hunting guys for weapons because they broke so often. Well, now so, you can make a weapon out of anything. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and it breaks. Yay. Oh boy, oh boy. Thanks. So yeah, uh, do you have any any other final thoughts there, Mr. Bucko? Final on, thoughts? Uh, no, I'm... On uh, Big Trouble in Little China. No, um... I I mean I recommend this film uh if you're if you're if you're open to old 80s classics um if you're a young person Ryan's age or my wife's age like in your like mid 20s you probably won't like this as much this is probably an older person movie at this point unfortunately it's like I'm an old guy now <laughs> I don't know if this is built for any any age I don't know what this is <laughs> well I I, th- I feel like it's just built for people who saw it when they were younger and liked it when they were younger. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, probably. That's why I'm saying probably. it's a, like if you saw this between the ages of like you know eight and like fourteen, and you liked it, then you'll probably still like it. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just like as, as an adult with an adult thinking brain, like I can understand people like not loving this movie. I completely, I completely understand. <laughs> no hard feelings. I, I I was just hoping for more. Hey, you I got a five. It. Don't push it. Yeah. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd give it a seven, though. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. Nope, not happening. <laughs> really hoping you'd give it like a nine. Nine point five. <laughs> yeah, nine five. Give it, give it like Avatar numbers. Avatar numbers. So, speaking of Avatar, how, how's your, how's your Jake Sully doing? <laughs> I haven't got haven't got it to haven't got to it yet, but you know it's definitely it's, I, I will show it off on the podcast when I when I have it completed. I think it should be a surprise for that day. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you like this nostalgic view back to the eighties. Email us <laughs> at synthaholics at yahoo dot com as I interrupt David's important speech. Breathe in and throughout through your nose. <laughs> yes, exactly. As you, as, you, as you subscribe to Synthaholics, <laughs> we will be in your ears and in your brain, telling you opposite oh. things. <laughs> telling you, kid, trying because, to confuse you. Because Brian's views are not the same as David's views, necessarily. Sometimes they are, but not always. I think Rings of Power is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Rings of Power is nothing out of 10. Exactly. Different opposing views. Different opposing views coming to no, okay. your your ear brains. All right. Until next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. What the hell out? Bye bye. What the hell out? <laughs> As Jack Burden would say, what the hell? What the hell?